Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Now we are coming to you from the plinth in Leinster House after about six hours and 20 minutes straight of Oireachtas committee hearings. A little bit of a break for lunch for Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly in between. Uh, heads frazzled, it's fair to say, for the special edition to let me explain. But I'm joined by Neve Smith, the chair of the Oireachtas Media Committee. Neve. Is your head as frazzled as mine is after a day of those kind of hearings? Yeah, it's been a long day, Sean, but I mean, I'm not taking away from it. It was even longer for the for the witnesses themselves who have been here from 11am this morning and in fairness to them, stuck it out with us till the end, about half six, quarter to seven. So it's been a long day. Um, a lot line, long lines of questioning, if you like. Kind of staying around the very basic facts of like, you know, why this uh, invoicing mechanism if you like was set around consultancy fees when that wasn't actually the service um, still trying to establish who knew what when maybe I just suppose we do at the end of it all know a little bit more we've had those missing voices some of them anyway in the room that have been absent from the conversation up to now there's still some voices not uh, in the room yet perhaps we will have them before the end of the summer perhaps not who knows because mm. I suppose the, the it, it sort of fizzled towards the end of the day and that a lot of the same ground was being treaded over the, the big pop was that opening statement really from, from Ryan Tuberty in particular who was outlined as seven untruths and was really emphatic uh, that he did nothing wrong. At the end of the 2015 to 20 contract, my agent advised me that I was entitled to a phenomenally large figure payment of 120,000 euro that has been variously called a loyalty or an end of contract or an exit payment. I did not invoice for that payment. I did not pursue that payment and I did not receive any payment. The documents provided to you bear this out. In my simple view, I had foregone that payment for 120,000 euro, not taking it. But because of how RTE reported that decision in their accounts, the narrative of the last three weeks has been that not only did I take this payment, but that I somehow contrived to hide it. So let me reiterate, I actually waived my entitlement to this payment and I didn't receive one cent of it. I hid nothing. I had nothing to hide. As the evidence provided to you today shows, my agent had already pointed out to RT in 2020 that we thought the manner in which they were planning to account for my earnings in 2017, 18 and 19 was incorrect and we had understood that they accepted our position so that by the time they released the figures I assumed that the chief financial officer, the financial professionals in RTE and the external auditors who had audited the accounts in these years, 17, 18, 19, had accountancy reasons for accounting for it the way they did. So I'd like to add that my company earnings fully reflect what I earned in these and all subsequent years. I'm particularly upset and disappointed about the decision and framing of the RT statement of June 22nd, which inextricably linked my name to this whole fiasco. My name was mentioned 15 times in that statement. 15 times. And I was not consulted once. And then we sort of moved on, as you say, that key issue really of the invoices is what you wanted from Noel Kelly. And I felt for about four hours, he was just given the same answer. Yeah, well, the answer was he was instructed by RTE. And as some of my colleagues pointed out in very simple terms, if you bought a car and you get an invoice, uh, you don't get invoice for a truck. So the point being that whatever the service is, the invoice being a very serious document should reflect the actual service or product that you're buying. And that was absent. So essentially, both sides were complicit in what the chair of the, the board said, you know, designed to deceive. Um, uh, and so, like, 
do you accept that, uh, or did you challenge that, you know, that this... We, we were deceived. We are, we'd no knowledge whatsoever the arrangement on the But you, you issued the invoices, like, do you know... I mean, but but if, if I could just explain, we weren't consulted about it, nor were we told at any stage of the nature no, of it. I, I, and we were instructed by RT no, for the I, second and I, third I, invoices I, I, on the Redder Roadshow to make out the invoices to artists I, I, for consultancy I, 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 services. Look, we sent them to RTE, who would look you, after you them have, You there. have a number of companies. You know what it is to raise an invoice. You, did, you, you took instructions from RTE sure. without, without challenge. Um, and essentially, there's there's a moral and legal imperative around that. Um, you know, essentially, um, and I'd like to ask Mr. Toberty. Um, can, 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 um, can I just you know, f finish that? Know, I, At the time, we didn't know who asked us was, and we yes, presumed no, no, that they had, they, had, they had a relationship no, no, with moving, Renault, on, and we were following instructions. I, I want this. And we got paid by us, not by, not by RTE. Yeah, this following instructions, it's kind of, it's called the New Nuremberg Defence. There was also a lot of conversation too about the accuracy of Mr Toby actually taking a pay cut um, about the commercial deal with Renault. Did that not represent uh, a top up payment to his salary, which effectively meant there wasn't the same pay cut as, as he, had he would declare, which was 41%. So I suppose that those key issues that have been trundled about with, with the, the executive still there today too, and really it comes down to two very different perspectives on the same thing. Mm. I mean, Mr Toby would say he did take a pay cut, arguably some of my colleagues say he didn't take a pay cut because it was mitigated by the Reynolds deal uh, and as we know some of the services which have been paid for by Reynolds have yet to be provided so look there's still more questions there but uh, it has helped I suppose to piece the jigsaw together. Yeah that was one of the stranger arrangements that the six gigs that maybe were due during 2021-22 that didn't get done were prepaid uh, and he said he would give back the money if he doesn't do that. It's just, it seems like a very, very strange arrangement. And Noel Kelly did say it's the only such arrangement they've ever put in place for a client. Yeah, I mean, that would be most unusual to pay that kind of money for a service yet not provided. Um, I suppose Mr. Turby did say that if that service is not provided and there's no uh, call for his services, that will be refunded and repaid. Um, I suppose if we, we come back to the, the piece around uh, commercial entities and the wheeling and dealing of commercial uh, deals which needs to be done in terms of the funding that's needed uh, for organisations like RT. It's the question of that dual funding uh, model. Does it work? Does it compromise people? Does it blur the lines and what public services and what um, and what's entertainment I suppose? Um, I think it's been going to be a big learning curve not just for RTE, not just for Noel or MK management who obviously represents a lot of uh, entertainment personalities across the country but also for the Oireachtas and I suppose ultimately this is going to land with the government and the minister as to how public service and public public service broadcasting is funded into the future. Mm. I suppose Noel Kelly and Ron Tuberty came in today very much selling look this isn't our fault, Tuberty saying he feels incredibly hard done by is that justified, do you think? I think it's always very difficult to be in the eye of a storm. And as he said himself, uh, he is the public and well-known face of this whole discussion and debate. I think my reputation has been sullied. I'm deeply upset. I'm hurt. I am in... I'm, I'm, it's hard to leave the house, if you really want me to be honest about it. Um, so, for what? I spent three weeks watching people telling stories. And, and, just, and, 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 and sorry, I'm sorry, I'm no, leaving no. a gap. I'm, I'm, forgive me, it's a comment, not a full stop. But 
I know, like, I'm not looking for sympathy now or, or, or violin. I, I'm simply saying to you, you, you ask me the, the question and you bring up, like, the kids. My relationship with the children of Ireland is so important to me. I know that sounds grandiose, but actually it is. I want them to be happy and hopeful and proud to be Irish and read lots of books and just be wonderful young people. You know, that, that doesn't change, you know. But what's happened in the last three weeks... I walked through the corridors of uh, RTE only a week ago and I said to one of the staff members uh, as I was walking out, you know, where are the executive's offices? And she wasn't aware. It's not that big a campus. Mm. Um, and, and that uh, employee of RTE said she didn't actually know who the head of uh, the chief financial officer was in RTE. So again, it demonstrates a disconnect with the top brass, if you like, in RTE and the hardworking staff on the ground that are making problems happen and uh, in entertainment and in, um, current affairs and all of that. I think we've seen a huge disconnect too with the executive board and ultimately the oversight board, the board who had ultimate responsibility in reporting to the government and reporting to the minister, just absolutely no real uh, relationship or engagement on things like the kind of contracts that were being devised, who was being paid what. They seem to have been there, you know, just without that insight, information to what was really and actually going on within the executive and within RTE. So for you, and I feel like we come away from each of these hearings with more questions than we go in, what's the big question? What's your big, what, what wasn't clarified today that you think needs to be answered before we can all move on? I think that um, probably everything has been exhausted pretty much with the executive. Everything's been exhausted that we can get out of NK um, management. We this is the backdrop with a new uh, DG who started this week. Um, he's had a good start. It's early days yet, and he's as he has said himself, he will be judged by his actions. So I think from here on, we're pretty much at the end of what can be established from this controversy out of RTE. I think RTE will never be the same organisation again as it was prior to this controversy. I think there'll be a lot more openness and transparency. And you heard Ryan Toberley saying today, if he was going back to work with RTE tomorrow, he'd be more than happy and maybe willing uh, uh, to publish what his contract was, what his salary was, that there was that openness there. I think everybody's had some really tough lessons to learn through all of this. Some people uh, may be the sacrificial lambs of all of that, uh, but I think RT will certainly be a different organisation in a very short space of time. The, the big question I was left with, and I said there were seven untruths outlined by Tuberty, uh, number six was the big one that stood out to me, and that was that this was actually known, and this was the, the document that the underwriting of the Renault deal was known by RT officials, and that there was a written guarantee, which we didn't know before. We'd heard up until today it was a verbal guarantee from D Forbes in a team's meeting. They provided an email to show that the former Chief Financial Officer, Bridge O'Keefe, gave this written guarantee. Next we come to RT's decision to underwrite this Renault contract. This is perhaps the most shocking revelation of this morning. Since this controversy began, RT tried to distance themselves from this decision. Effectively, they have blamed the former Director General, D. Forbes, for doing a solo run and giving a verbal commitment to underwrite the contract on a Zoom call in May. RT executives had said that there was a strong pushback against the idea of underwriting the agreement. That is incorrect. I refer you to page 10 of the pack. So at the time, Ms. Breed O'Keefe was Chief Financial Officer of RTE. On this page, you will see an email 
which she sent to my office dated the 20th of February 2020. It is copied to another member of the executive board, the then director general and Ortiz solicitor. In this email, Ms. Brito O'Keefe responds in red to various points which had been discussed. She states at the top of the email that this is our final position because negotiations go back and forth, back and forth. This is our final position in respect, in respect of the new contract. On the last paragraph on this page, Ms. O'Keefe, on behalf of RTE, states explicitly, we can provide you with the side letter to underwrite this fee for the duration of the contract. There was no secret. There is no secret. There was no secret. Now, or do you say, that's not a legal contract. Do you buy that? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, we heard completely uh, different evidence here today from what we heard prior. And Breed O'Keefe was a key person and she came in voluntary too to our committee as well. But they absolutely spoke against everything that she had presented to the committee in the sense that there was serious pushback from RTE, that that was not agreed on her watch. And in actual fact, the documents we saw today demonstrates that RTE were you know, happy to go along with this. It would seem that it was N.K. Kelly had uh, put forward the proposition of a commercial deal, uh, but that RTE clearly were uh, happy to go along with that and to work towards creating a deal that provided that extra top-up, if you like, to, to Ryan Toberly Services. So there are more questions in that. In that, I mean, in every story, as you will know as a journalist, Sean, there's the two sides of the story and somewhere in between is the truth and I think we as committee members and the public listening into this will have to decipher what the truth is ourselves because we've had two very opposite stories here but we have paperwork to back up you know one particular version of it so um, I don't know if we'll ever get anybody to agree to what the, who actually I suppose initiated this or who was happy to go along with it because we've heard varying, various uh, sides to that mm. and so for, that must be quite frustrating for you as somebody who is investigating this you're chairing one of the committees one of the two committees looking into this and to think we might not get those answers do you feel misled by some of the people who came in last week whose testimony generously was erroneous and uh, today Noah Kelly just said it was a lie yeah I mean it is deeply frustrating because everybody is here I suppose putting the time and as you can see all of my colleagues did go through all the paperwork for forensically despite the fact that we landed on their inbox this morning um, and it's, it's difficult when you're not part of the story to try and elicit the information and, and really get to the, the, the nub of it and the crux of it for 14 members today we were still going around in circles with the same questions mm. like you know um, who was involved in coming up with the, co the commercial deal was there pushback from RTE Mr Kelly would say no and his paperwork to back that up but as you say that flies in the face of everything we heard at our previous uh, hearing which uh, we were clearly told that there was pushback from RTE and that when Miss O'Keefe was leaving there was absolutely no appetite uh, for a commercial deal. Will we ever get the two sides to agree? Possibly not but I think the viewers will make up their own minds on that. For you I kind of find it with a lot of these I've been locking around Leinster House a little while now the same as yourself and I find there's usually two types of people people who believe it's a cock-up and people who believe it's a conspiracy. What side are you on? Well, I always think if mistakes are made, the first thing is to, to own up and, and try and put a process in place that makes, you know, mends the wrongs that have been done. And I think probably the timing of it, arguably the, the committee's work has paved the way for the new DG to actually make the radical changes that are needed in RT. Arguably they have been needed for a very long time. Arguably the committee has called on 
the previous DG and the board of the committee to come in on many occasions and really worked hard to get the pieces of information that we did get out. I think the attitudes have to be much more transparent and willing and open to be answerable to the committee, to be answerable to the minister and to tell the truth uh, in terms of what the housekeeping, uh, the governance and what the accounts are of RTE. So finally then, you said you think most of the avenues have been exhausted here. There's a, a, another public accounts meeting on Thursday with Kevin Backhurst and some more of the officials, and I understand that the former CFO, Breed O'Keefe, has said she won't be available for that, which is particularly interesting, I think, given what we heard today. But for you, if we still don't have clarity, and we may, may well not after that, are there any next steps for a media committee that you're, you're looking at immediately? Or? Well, we are going to, I suppose, meet in private. As you know, we're doing work on the future of the Media Commission report and all of that too. Um, I think it's probably important to allow the uh, new DD a bedding in time. I think it's probably a little bit soon to expect. Uh, I mean, he's been very public in, in his... Uh, his ambition for the for the station itself, um, but we need to give him time and space now to to bed those new ways of working in RTE and to allow a little bit of healing and recovery time too, because I'm sure there's a lot of. Um, fraught relations within RTE and we do want it to be a success, we want it to be our national institution that's respected, that's regarded, held in the same high respect, that um, the, the, the TV licence payer will continue to do that and that they will do it with a heart and a half knowing that it's money well spent and that their public broadcaster is providing accurate and truthful information every time, whether it's on behalf of themselves or the issues that they're reporting on and I think after the last couple of weeks they're going to need time and space to do that. Okay, New Smith Chair of the Media Committee, thanks for chatting to me after a marathon day and a marathon committee session. And I somehow don't think it's the last time we'll be chatting about this, but thanks for speaking to me on Let Me Explain today. Thank you, Sean. So, where does that leave things? There are definitely still some more questions, not least about the difference in accounts between RTE people and what was said today. Some more of the clips that I found interesting. TD really wanted to get into this idea that the agent Noel Kelly didn't question why he was being asked to send an invoice to a UK company he'd never heard of marked consultancy fees for Ryan Tuberty's pay. Alan Dillon, one of the more effective questioners. He was the face of it. And that's where it started and, and it's been working in, this, in its own vacuum for the last two and, a, two, two and a half weeks where that's why we wanted to come in, we want to talk to you, we want to tell you everything that we know because it's been very hard looking at so many untruths do you, definitely been told. Yeah, do you accept responsibility that your actions have been reckless in nature when dealing with RT on this matter? No, I don't. We have just always followed process of every single time. RT is a 350 million euro organization. The hundred sorry, in 2021, 190 million was license fee, and million was commercial. Sorry, so, Mr. Kelly. Let me let me so, ask the next like, question. So you're trying to put the sole blame on RTE here? Is in relation correct? to? In relation to this payment scandal? Yes, completely. And does it not take two to tango, Mr Kelly? But we were just following process. We were, we were just working under instructions from RTE. Members also wanted to know how close Noel Kelly is to D Forbes and he shied away from this suggestion that he's the real Director General at Montrose. He had people in his pocket, could do what he liked. Here's some of the exchange he had with Marco Kozig. Would you have D Forbes's number in your phone? No. No. I, I, if I can explain, I've met D Forbes, I would say, and, and this is like, a, it's, it's, but there's so many untruths and so many stuff. I, I find it bizarre. So I, I've, I've only ever met D Forbes with her legal team okay. and with her and her lawyers 
in their office, in RTE. I have never had a cup of tea with D Forbes. I've never met D Forbes for lunch. I've never met her for dinner. I don't know D Forbes apart from when I meet her in the RTE. Uh, I'm an so RTA sorry, and it, we're so time compressed Deputy, here. I think if you, if you have a question with regard to the departure of the Late Late Show, that was so deeply personal and so deeply from my heart, I would urge you to ask me about that. I want to ask a very simple question, and it sounds like you welcome the opportunity. Was there any communication? to either yourself, Mr Tuberty, or to Noel Kelly management between the 8th and the 16th of March with regard to these problematic invoices? No, not, not no. no. That's, that's no. fine. The, the, the first indication was on the 23rd of May. Tuberty himself has asked a number of times about his future at RTE. Oh, I, I don't have any doubt. I, I want to go back to work on the radio uh, as soon as possible. Um, I think that, uh, I don't say that with, with any arrogance, I just say that I've expressed des- desire, it's what I do, it's, it's what I know, and, and I want to get back to my team and, and, and to the listeners and, and, and do my job, you know, because it's all I've got. The whole issue in relation to the trust... No, I, 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 I understand that, Deputy, and I, and I will say that I, I understand the, 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 the amount of money we're talking about is, 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 is eye-watering, I, 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 like I'm, I'm not a fool, I understand that. But I haven't changed as a person over the over those years, despite the extraordinary okay, bank. The question I'm asking you is, how do you now rebuild that trust? Well, a lot of the trust was taken from me. But I don't. I, is, no, how, I don't. I how believe. How do we know? How do we know rebuild the trust? Well, I would First say of all, I, retrust. I, if you go back into RT, secondly, just retrust in, over time. I would the, say deputy, the trust in RT itself. Yeah, I would say. Are they believing as regards building the trust with your own colleagues? Just refresh. I, I will just say I think that they're off to a good start this week with the new de- Director General. I think that they're going to be, uh, I think that hopefully people will see what I've said today and will, will hear what I'm saying today and they'll realise that a lot of what's happened over the last three weeks, I've been dragged into a mess not of my own making. With your colleagues? Deputy Devlin. With my colleagues, the, uh, the only thing I have for my colleagues is respect. Are, are you still getting paid by RT at the minute? Yes, I am, yeah. And in, in relation to that verbal agreement in place, um, what are the terms... I'm still, I'm st- sorry, as, as, as a presenter of the radio programme. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I could be out of a job by Friday. Having watched every minute of the two committees today, I think Ryan Tuberty performed really well. He was sincere when he needed to be, while being forceful about other things, about it not being his fault. You know, didn't take nonsense, but was quite respectful. He over-egged the sympathy cards at times, talking about how people were, were taking his shoulder in public and how he had a stack of support cards a foot high. And that might well be true. He is a very likeable man. But it didn't have the endearing quality maybe he thought it would with some of the committee members who were sort of rolling their eyes. Noah Kelly did become a bit tiresome to watch just because he was sticking to the one line all the time. RTE told us to do it this way, and so we did it. And Kieran Cannon pointed out an analogy that his dad used to tell him, which we've all heard before. Oh, if Timmy told you to put your hand in the fire, would you do it? Uh, No. And that sort of summed up the mood of a lot of the committee members. Uh, And members, I suppose, just didn't buy that line because they also didn't believe someone of his experience wouldn't ask more questions. Like He said RTE wasn't some startup, it's an institution which he trusted after working with them for more than 23 years. And all of that's perfectly reasonable, but it was frustrating committee members who felt they were getting nowhere and that Kelly didn't admit any liability for anything, even when Tuberty himself admitted faults. Do you believe in all of this, that you have done anything wrong? I think that the, the only thing I, that I can, I can answer that is in, in a way that's reasonable and fair is to say that I should have called out the uh, figures when they were released all in one day on March, uh, sorry, on January the 20th, 2021, they were wrong. 
we had requested that they change them before in dispatches, but that day we didn't. So, yeah, I'm not without blame in that regard, of course. Like that said about Noel Kelly, this wasn't a bad performance by any means given the circumstances. He stood up for his client. It was clear that they both have a really close both working and professional relationship. Tuberty described him as a friend a couple of times. Even Timmy Judy, the senator from Peter Falls, saying that if he was someone who needed an agent, he'd want someone like Noel Kelly. The big frustration I had watching, and I'm sure they had being in the dock, was showboating. TDs who were asking questions and some of them very good questions but just couldn't shut up long enough to get the answers and get out of their own way. And let me be clear, to come away from six hours of Oireachtas committee hearings with that worst grudging respect from the committee members, that's a huge win. It is a cauldron in which guests often totally collapse. Personally, I think Ryan Torberty saved his career today. I can't predict what Kevin Backhurst is going to do, but I think he'd be hard-pressed to remove Tubbity from the airwaves after this. Now, Tubbs could be gone by Friday, as he said himself. I don't think he will be. And I actually think very quietly when the heat goes off this, Noel Kelly's going to see an uptick in clients who've seen the deals that he can get and how far he's willing to stick his own neck out for his clients. But look, we'll see. Could be totally wrong, but there is a new twist in this story every day. Thanks for listening to the Emergency Tubscast. Normal service will resume on Thursday with another episode and we've got some really interesting ones in the pipeline for the next few weeks. Have a good one. Signing off, Sean Defoe, Leinster House.